It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I'm just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, never really liked Chris. Honestly. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But no, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. All right, everyone, we welcome you aboard to the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. It is episode number 123. And uh, date on this one, November the 13th, 2018. As you know, the Redskins 6-3 and three in first place, two-game lead and two games clear of both the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Lots to talk about all across the land with the Redskins. And who better to do it than a guy who I have tremendous respect and admiration for. Uh, We worked together for a long time at ESPN 980 and the Washington Redskins radio network uh, when I was over there, when he was over there, and now the host of his own daily podcast, which you can get at the Kevin Sheehan Show, the kevinsheehanshow.com available wherever you get podcasts. It's a great listen. Kevin does a tremendous job. Again, my longtime uh, friend and uh, former and still kind of current colleague, I guess, Kevin Sheehan with <laughs> us here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. Kev, thanks for doing this. How are you, pal? I'm well, Chris. Always good to be with you. I love doing stuff with you. You know that? Yeah, no, it's great to be with you. And it's, it's so different for us because we did so much radio together. Uh, over five years that I was with 980 and the Redskins Radio Network, that you were there at the same time. And outside of Robert's 2012 year, there was so much disappointment and so much anger and so much venom. There's still some of that now, but they're actually winning, Kevin. They are. I mean, it is with it's it's with mirrors and 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 lots of other things that we can't really figure out. But look, I mean. Six and three is six and three, and they have a chance. And I was looking this up as it became more apparent during the fourth quarter on Sunday that they were going to win. They haven't been seven and three, Chris, in 22 years. 
mean, mm-hmm. they haven't been seven and three or better at the ten game mark in twenty two years. That is an unbelievable stretch of some really bad football and mediocre football over a period of time. So, you know, as not only a, a, a person that that's been on the air talking about the team and <clears throat> covering covering the team, I'm a lifelong fan too. So it's it's fun to know that we're going to get to December and have some really big games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, at 6-3, and three, what would you say is the most impressive thing about this team this year? Because you can make an argument that, you know, the defense was two weeks ago, but now after a bad performance against the Falcons and yielding 501 yards, albeit only three points against the Buccaneers, yeah, I don't know if you can absolutely say that with any authority. Well, look, I mean, if we're talking about the most impressive thing uh, about the team this year and we relate it to recent years, it is the defense because the defense has been so horrifically bad in recent years. And I think we all knew that it was more talented coming in and the results last year would have been better had they stayed healthy at John Allen and Matt Ioannidis and Mason Foster, et cetera, been healthy the whole season. It would have been a better defense last year and probably a team that would have won nine or 10 games last year had they stayed healthier. Um, but it, it's, it, look, it's still not a great defense at this point. It's a good run-stopping defense, and they gave up some yards to Tampa on, Saturday, on Sunday. Um, but it's a better run defense than it's been in a long, long time. And I think that is really one of the things that's given them a chance in all of these games is that they've run the football, they've stopped the run, they've won the turnover battle, which – you know, they're plus 11 now, Chris, on the season. They haven't been plus 11 in, you know, through nine games in forever. All of those things are adding up to sort of this, you know, traditional old-style way of winning, and it's working for them. Now, it's not going to work against New Orleans on the road in January or the Rams on the road in January because they can't score right now. And that that's their limitation is, is offensively they've just really – you know, to, the, the best thing you could say about them is they're a work in progress. Kevin Sheehan is our guest here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, and it is great to have him aboard. Please make sure you check out his daily podcast. Uh, a lot about D.C. sports, but a, a big focus on the Redskins. Uh, Kevin knows the Redskins better than anyone. Uh, it's uh, the Kevin Show. Kevin, let me try this again. The Kevin Sheehan Show dot com is what he wanted to say in English. The Kevin Sheehan Show dot com. Uh, and of course, we'll put it up on Twitter and all that good stuff. The Kevin Sheehan Show dot com. And you know, wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, all of that stuff, you can get Kevin's daily podcast. Again, the Kevin Sheehan Show uh, dot com. So I, I know one of the things that always bugged you, and I'm trying to get to as many things as I can while I have you, uh, is Jay Gruden or a head coach's time management, timeout usage, clock management. I'm sure as they were wasting away timeouts in the second half on Sunday in Tampa, you must have been going absolutely berserk. But, you know, you got to give Jay Gruden some credit somewhere along the line, right? They're, they're, they're managing these games fairly well fairly well they're not totally shooting themselves in the in, in the foot and and he he's a, he is making some good decisions along the way as well yeah I mean I think you're right about that I think the the look I think one of the keys to their win Sunday was 
the part of their staff that got that offensive line ready to play, mm-hmm. you know, a better than average game. I mean, they protected right. well. We were all concerned that the protection was going to be a major issue against a, a bad defense, no doubt, um, but still with, with all of those changes. So, yeah, it's been a good year for them. I, I, you know, the one thing that I would say is that I don't know, Chris, if he's really figured out or if they've really figured out as an organization what their quarterback does well. You know, I think that there are things that um, they were hoping he was that I don't think he is, and maybe they'll start to figure it out. I still think Alex Smith can play a lot better. He's played a lot better Mm -hmm. uh, during the course of his career. Um, But, you know, there are a couple of instances, the, you know, early in the year when a lot of teams were playing a lot of soft zone coverage and, you know, those were, those were defenses that they carved up with Jay's pass offense, you know, in recent years. The blitz has always been something that Jay's got an offense sort of, you know, designed to take advantage of that. And I know they're missing people offensively, but that's some of the stuff they got to figure out, and the coaching staff's got to help figure out here down the stretch. Kevin, I think they're closer, though, than the raw numbers. A- am I crazy for thinking that? Um, not only the injuries that you mentioned, but I look at Jordan Reed, and I, I-, I see some of the old Jordan Reed in terms of his- the moves off the line of scrimmage to create separation. I see the bond that Alex Smith is developing, uh, you know, in past weeks with Vernon Davis. I know he missed him wide open, and that's inexcusable for a big one, but I see it improving with Maurice Harris and Josh Doxson. Do you see like improvement or do you see that and feel that they're somewhat close or, or do you think it's a big gap still? Well, I mean, you know, there was a, there was a moment in the, well, the, the touchdown, you know, drive. Um, I, I, I saw them get into rhythm a little bit. You know, he, he hit Mo Harris on a third and nine. He right. hit Jordan, you know, on, on a quick slant. And then he made a play that, the kind of play that they wanted him to make when they when they traded for him. You know, where the play isn't there. He creates more time in the red zone where you typically have to use your legs to create a little bit more time and then made a touchdown pass to, to Josh Doxson. And I, I, I loved seeing that. That's what you saw him do in Kansas City. Now, he'll also throw a lot of check downs. He'll be very conservative. He's not going to take a lot of risks, you know, and, unless, of course, he had Tyreek Hill on this team and he doesn't. Um, but I, I think the, the, the problem that I have in saying that they're getting close is they just played two of the worst defensive teams in back-to-back weeks that they've faced this year um, in Atlanta and Tampa. You know, Atlanta gave up 28 to the Browns, um, yeah. who moved the ball up and down the field on them. And Tampa had basically been giving up the most yards and points in the league and the Redskins just really couldn't get into any consistent offensive rhythm against two porous defenses. And now, Chris, you look at their schedule the rest of the way, they don't play a bad defensive team the rest of the way. Sure. Now, they don't play a lot of explosive offensive teams either, but, you know, they, they've got, you know, Dallas, they've got Philly twice, they've got Houston coming up, they've got Jacksonville, Tennessee's defense. Even the Giants are talented defensively so I I hope you're right I hope it's on the verge of turning a little bit but I I I think you know weeks games eight and nine if we were going to see the offense really start to put it together we would have seen it against Atlanta and Tampa this is episode 123 of the Locked on Redskins podcast our special guest my friend 
Kevin Sheehan, host of the Kevin Sheehan Show. Again, the Kevin Sheehan Show dot com daily podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Kev, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to come back. I want to ask you about the Redskins improved special teams, which has always been an eyesore, and as well that upcoming matchup this Sunday at FedEx about the uh, with the Houston Texans and Josh Norman's comments when we return here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked On Redskins, and the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania09, that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A-0-9, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast, episode number 123. Good to have you guys aboard with a special guest, uh, part two of our conversation with my friend Kevin Sheehan. Uh, formerly of ESPN 980 and the Washington Redskins Radio Network, where we worked together for five years, Kevin, a lot longer. Now the host of the Kevin Sheehan Show, daily sports podcast, thekevinsheehanshow.com. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff, thekevinsheehanshow.com. So, Kevin, I want to ask you about the Redskins special teams. Uh, you know it's something that's always been near and dear to my heart, something I've always griped and moaned about and thought. The Redskins never paid enough attention to, no matter who the coordinator was. It seems like they finally invested a little bit more in there, uh, and certainly some of the dividends have paid off this year with Tressway having a monster last five or six games after a little bit of a shaky start. And Dustin Hopkins has rounded out into uh, you know, a very reliable kicker after some ups and downs earlier in his career. Yeah, I mean, Tressaway has been one of their most valuable players. You know, they punted a bunch this year, um, more than they have in, in recent years, and they, they've really flipped the field consistently with him as their punter. Uh, you know, their coverage has been great in punting, and you're right, Dustin Hopkins is having a really good season, and we know that he's cost them a couple of key games, you know, over the last few years. Um, games that you know may have made the difference in, in in the seasons that they were involved in, but yeah, it's been impressive, very impressive. They've needed it. They've needed every one of those you know yards in in special teams, you know, changeover of, of possessions, um, and uh, with their defense, you know, making teams go 75 yards, you know, it's 80 yards on average somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, they, they've benefited from that a lot. Kevin Sheehan is with us, uh, and we bounce around to a couple of last things that we wanted to ask you about. The Houston Texans come in here this Sunday. Before we get to the Norman thing, the Redskins have their hands full, regardless of what those 80,000 people or 80 people at FedEx Field, Kevin. Uh, you know this Houston Texans team. Maybe they're not as good as a six-in-a-row win team, and they're off the bye, 
they're going to come in rested. They're going to come in juiced up. And they have DeAndre Hopkins now into the fold. I'm sorry, they, they have Demarius Thomas with DeAndre right. Hopkins into the fold. Of course, Deshaun Watson is back healthy. And more importantly, that front seven, I just, you know, look, I know the offensive line played well. I don't know how they deal with that front seven. Yeah, I don't think this is a great matchup for the Redskins offense. That's why I was saying to you before, they had opportunities the last two two weeks to take advantage of teams that were vulnerable defensively. This one is not. Um, Not only do they have a lot of talent with Watt and Clowney and Merciless and McKinney and, you know, even on the back end with Joseph and and the Honey Badger, um, I think they're well coached defensively too. And, you know, they – this is one – this is a bigger test, obviously, for them offensively. Um, I think the biggest problem with Houston in terms of the matchup, Chris, is that the Redskins really, when they've won football games, they've been effective running the football. Uh, not as much early last, you know, on Sunday, but they gotta, they've got to establish the run, and I think it's going to be near impossible to run it against Houston. Uh, and I agree with you. And it, it, this is the kind of game that could make things. I mean, if we think the offense has looked ugly before, and, and we're right to think that, it could look really ugly on Sunday afternoon around four o'clock uh, when this one wraps up. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll spring you loose. Really appreciate your time. Josh Norman was very critical of the fan base, uh, saying, you know, if they're going to show up, the boo. Uh, then, you know, they don't show up, uh, you know, other places they go to, the Redskins fans are there, other divisional rivals, the fans are sold out, all this critical stuff, basically. How did you process that out? How did you interpret that coming from a guy who's very loose with his lips? Well, first of all, I mean, taken literally, he wasn't wrong about anything that he said. Um, it is, it's been a, a poor environment, a poor home field environment for a while now. Um, it's a, it, it's, it's a fan base that's grown very apathetic over the years in recent years in particular. Um, and yeah, they're six and three, but they just got to six and three. I mean, in the first half of the season, it wasn't like there was a moment where you said they're going to be six and three or seven and three, and they're going to have a two game division lead that, this is the first opportunity we've had at, the, at that. But, Chris, here's the thing. Um, while he's right, you know, about he, what he said, he also doesn't have the perspective that many of us have of being in this town our whole lives, having been fans of the team our whole lives, and, and knowing what we know, which is not only is the organization lost for 25 years, it's been embarrassing um, for 25 years at times, off-putting at times, and they've got a terrible stadium. You know, it's not a convenient mm-hmm. stadium. It's not one in which, you know, they've really got any sort of winning history, you know, in, in at FedEx Field. That could change here over the next month. It could change dramatically because there is in this market pent-up demand for a winner. Um, and if, you know, a, a football winner. And if they got on a roll and, and they became a likable winner as well, you know, he'll get his wish, and maybe he'll get it this week. I can tell you this. If they play Philadelphia in a winner-take-all game at the end of the year at FedEx Field, that one would be a big crowd, a sellout crowd, and one that I think would be electric and juiced up like, you know, he had described the Philadelphia crowd to be. Yeah, and hopefully it will go better 
than the last time the Redskins faced the final regular season game at FedEx Field at home, uh, and it was win and you're in. Uh, if that's the scenario uh, that you just outlined to get the Philadelphia <laughs> you got to bring up that game, season. huh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, Kevin, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, as always, got to do this uh, again. I highly encourage everybody, of course, uh, to check out again what you're doing, the daily podcast uh, at the Kevin Sheehan Show. Uh, dot com again available wherever you get podcasts it's a great listen uh, you've got regular guests regular weekly guests on like our old pal tom lavero so a reincarnation of the uh, old sports fix machine and uh, program and uh and and as you know uh you know i i respect the hell out of you and i love talking redskins football and really anything with you but especially about the redskins so thanks for doing this i love doing it with you too thanks for having me chris all right, that's Kevin Sheehan with us. Again, thekevinsheehanshow.com. We're back in a flash on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Guys, the Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, make sure you follow us on Locked On NFL Net, and you get all of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NFL team on one feed. We also have the NBA covered at Locked On NBA Net. It's amazing during games, breaking news, and you get the local perspective. On Instagram, check out Locked On NFL Net to give you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories and longer cuts on the biggest stories in the feeds. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, good to have you guys back with us on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 123. My thanks to Kevin Sheehan for joining us for a couple of good segments there and some really good analysis. Uh, We're back, as you could probably tell, in our home studio uh, where we have a little bit better quality audio, so I appreciate you guys being patient uh, with us, but that's how we have to do uh, things to bring you some special guests that we want to start incorporating uh, here in the podcast. So here's what we're going to do. We wanted to run down the Monday injury report for the Redskins. Trent Williams not expected to practice this week. Uh, he's almost for sure out for a third straight game. He'll probably even miss the fourth straight game in Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Jaron Christian is out for the season, torn MCL, the third-round pick out of Louisville. He had struggled, uh, of course, in his limited time as a rookie. Jamison Crowder, Jay Gruden said, likely going to need another MRI. Still not 100% yet. He's missed five consecutive games. Trey Quinn, Gruden said on Monday, there's a quote-unquote good chance he'll be activated off the IR and ready to go for this Sunday against the Houston Texans. Uh, Jay was not as sold on Byron Marshall. Uh, They are continuing to evaluate him. Again, he is an IR I guess callback candidate uh, would be the best way to kind of label him. But between Adrian Peterson and Capri Bibbs and Samaje Piran, doesn't sound like they have really a whole lot of urgency to bring back Byron Marshall. I think they still have another week in which they can evaluate him. And Quentin Dunbar is the concerning one. Jay said on Monday, "quote He doesn't have a he. I don't have a handle uh, on Quentin Dunbar 
the nerve issue, the leg issue, it's just bothering him. He can't run full speed, Gruden still said, uh, again on Monday. So really there's no definitive timeline, not that there ever is, uh, but it, it, it seems like it seems like Dunbar is going to be very iffy for this week against Houston, and maybe even more than that after missing uh, Sunday's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's not good when you have DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas coming to FedEx Field. All right, here's a quick bit more from Jay Gruden on Monday meeting with reporters at Redskins Park. I think, again, uh, we had three drives in the first half. One was at the two-minute drill, which is a good drive to get three points. Uh, we had another drive, went down the field, got three points. We had a penalty that stopped that drive. Uh, threw a screen pass on third down and 20 just to make sure we ensured ourselves an opportunity to kick three points. And then we had two three and outs. Um, so uh, I probably early in the game was a little probably conservative with the new line that we had, and, and their defensive line was pretty good. Uh, and then we kind of settled down a little bit in the second half, had some uh, nice plays and some good drives. But uh, for the most part, you know, the defense, they were on the field a lot. You know, they had great ball control. They were moving up and down the field. Fortunately, we got the four turnovers when we did uh, to stop from scoring points. Their kicker missed a couple field goals. But, uh, you know, from an opportunity standpoint, offense didn't have many. Um, we do have to improve. Do you uh, – with this, I mean, is, it, is there just the timing is going to come, do you think? Or will you be able to be able to sort of loosen things up a little bit with the offensive line the way it is? Do you think, you know, if you have more time with that? or is? Yeah, we'll see. We're playing another uh, explosive defensive front this week in Houston. So uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see how we're doing uh, from a health standpoint. To make sure Morgan, Morgan came out of the game okay. We took him out at the very end. Uh, just from a precautionary thing. Uh, Ty went out of the game with an ankle but came back in, finished the game. We'll just see how those guys are Wednesday and Thursday, um, see how Jonathan improves, obviously, and then go from there. I wanted to ask you about a tweet that Zach Brown had on Saturday. It was a bit critical of the coaching staff. Did you address that with him, and how did that conversation go? Yeah, we talked about it. I think there was a little miscommunication there. I don't think uh, anybody pinned any blame on Zach Brown for the game against Atlanta. Uh, he might have felt like that, you know, uh, based on a meeting or something like that. But that wasn't the case. I just ensured him that was the case. It was a total team loss against Atlanta, and uh, no finger pointing is allowed in this building, and uh, cleared it up. His snaps were relatively the same to compare what it had always been. Did you think about disciplining for that or for his tweet? Yeah. No, I'm not disciplining anybody for a tweet. <laughs> well, lost their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that. No, no, we're okay. We need Zach Brown. In the, the way the offenses are going, teams are getting a lot of yards and all that. You guys faced one yesterday, 500 yards, only three points, the, kind of the bend but don't break mentality. Can it be hard for some teams to adopt that philosophy or is it an easy thing to, you know, just like, you know, we know we're going to give up yards but stiffen here in the red zone? Is that? We don't anticipate giving up 500 yards every week. We, we missed a lot of tackles. We had a lot of plays out there that we uh, didn't play our best on, but in critical situations we made plays in red zone. Uh, defense is a critical situation. We played extremely well yesterday, so uh, that was big time. Um, but they had some third down conversions, which, you know, a missed tackle here, a uh, uh, poor break on the ball, lack of a pass rush, whatever it is, um, we let them just stay on the field uh, a lot and uh, move the ball up and down the field. I don't anticipate that happening every week. we got to play better on third down and, and obviously make the tackles when they present themselves and, and uh, do a better job. But 
for the most part, whenever you hold a team to three points in the NFL, it's a pretty darn good outing. I know you mentioned Tress had an outstanding game yesterday, but if you could speak to what he's meant to this team all season long in terms of kind of making a lot of teams go the length of the field against you guys. Again, he had another outstanding game. He's uh, starting to show off a little bit, I told him today. You know, he's just dropping the ball. He's pinpointing balls at the three, four-yard line, and our guys, our gunners don't even have to down him. They're backspinning. He looks like he's hitting soft nine irons into the Masters ninth green, for goodness sake. So he's, he's, he's doing a great job, man. We need it. Jay, I know, well, I suspect you don't care much about what people think outside the building, but does it surprise you at all that there just seems to be this kind of unhappiness about a team that's six and three <laughs> yes in first place by two games yeah yeah a little bit you know we're obviously not satisfied we're not uh sitting in the lounge chair with our feet up right now relaxing we got to get back to work and continue to work we know there's a lot of football ahead of us a lot of great teams coming here to play and we have to go there to play and uh we have to do better we have to do better on offense and uh, there's a lot more for us to get offensively and defensively for that matter so uh i'm glad that you know we're winning Without a doubt, we're six and three in first place. That's a heck of a deal after nine games. But also, am excited of the fact that we have not played our best yet, and uh, and I think the best is yet to come. It's our job to, as coaches to make sure we do the best we can to get it out of them. Pernell McPhee was inactive yesterday. Just mm-hmm. if you can explain the decision behind him keeping Casanova up. Yeah, we had to dress eight offensive linemen, so I had to pluck from a spot. Uh, couldn't do a receiver, couldn't do a tight end, couldn't do a running back, couldn't do a quarterback, so I did an inside linebacker in Vigil. Vigil's a key special team player. Uh, Pernell McPhee doesn't play special teams, so I activated uh, Casanova. Uh, he's a good special team player, so he took the reps that Zach Vigil normally gets. Uh, so unfortunately, I had to sit McPhee, not for performance-related, uh, just I had to get another body on the offensive line because we we're banged up. Uh, Jay, in, in your fifth year, through nine games, is the first time you've been six and three. Do you kind of see that as a little bit of validation that you've got this ship kind of pointed in the right direction? No, no, we're not pointing anywhere. We're just pointing our ship towards Houston right now. We're just trying to do the best we can, and uh, you know we got a good group here. We're, uh, we have a roster that I think is going to compete every week. All right, once again, that's head coach Jay Gruden of the Washington Redskins, and that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Coming up tomorrow, it's episode number 124, uh, labeled as such on iTunes and most other spots. Episode 124, it'll be a crossover Wednesday edition as we get you an inside look at the Houston Texans who come to FedEx Field, winners of six in a row. And what that atmosphere will be like, well, we'll spend a lot more time on that later on this week. That's going to do it for now. My thanks to Kevin Sheehan, who joined us from the KevinSheehanShow.com. Check out his daily podcast. And as well, thanks to you for listening and downloading us and being a part of the Locked On Redskins network and community. We appreciate it very much. We'll see you on Crossover Wednesday as the Houston Texans get ready to storm FedEx Field. Adios. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.